Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm not a betting guy, but for y'all that are, there's bet online. July is underway and a great month for sports. If you're into sports betting, bet online is where you should go to win money today. With the NBA Finals ending and the MLB heading into the second half of the season, there's plenty of betting action to get involved in. If you're a football better, there are tons of futures and props you can wager on as well. Bet online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, head on over to BetOnline and start playing today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome into another episode of Believe in Kentucky on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. You can check us out straight on the website at Believe.com or go wherever you prefer to listen to your podcast. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, CastBox, anywhere you get your podcast, you can get this episode of Believe in Kentucky. Go back to the archives, listen to... Uh, episodes that have already been recorded and they're there and still available for your listening pleasure. My name is Vinny Hardy. You can follow me on Twitter at Vinny with a Y, Hardy with a Y. And be sure to follow Believe in Kentucky on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Believe in Kentucky on all of those platforms. Got a lot of fun stuff to talk about on this particular episode. Hope everybody's having a good week and heading into a nice good weekend. Appreciate everybody taking the time to listen as always as well. SEC Media Days have come and gone. You, know, you kind of look forward to them getting here. It's the official, unofficial start of college football. And now we've already come and gone. Been there and done that when it comes to SEC Media Days. Some people don't like it. They think it's the same stuff. All the coaches are optimistic. Everybody's got a good team. Everybody's excited. This, that, and the other. Sometimes you don't get a lot of sound bites. It's not always going to be Spurrier-esque type shade or, you know, big-time sound bites each and every time. But me personally, I always look forward to to hearing what the coaches are going to say, seeing what players accompany said coaches to Hoover um, at the Winfrey Hotel where it's just continuing to become a bigger and bigger event each and every year. Uh, Still on my bucket list to get down there and and see the radio row and the mob of people and you know pre-COVID used to have a lot of fans in there as well especially when Alabama used to come through there so I have to check that out one of these days. 
But it's always fun hearing the coaches talk and, and the players talk. And uh, sometimes you do get some good stuff. Uh, Mike Leach is back in the conference, and, you know, he talked about watching movie credits roll. He doesn't leave the theater till he sees all the credits roll. So you know you're going to get some good stuff uh, from Mike Leach. Flipping to the Kentucky side of things, um, it had a a bit of a bummer even before Coach Stoops and Darian Kennard and Josh Pascoe got to Birmingham. And that was the news that Keaton Upshaw uh, was going to be lost due to a torn pectoral muscle. And you always try to hold your breath and, and hope the guys get through fall camp unscathed. Then get to the season and hope the injury bug doesn't bite once the season starts. Now, we've seen this happen before this year is Keaton Upshaw. Uh, we've seen it in the past with Devontae Robinson when he was lost for the season. Uh, we saw it with uh, Landon Young when he suffered a season into injury. You just hope stuff like this doesn't happen. We still kind of feel like the jury is out when it comes to wide receivers as far as Kentucky is concerned. Now, Wondell Robinson is going to come in and uh, alleviate a lot of pressure and probably answer a lot of questions. Uh, but, you know, we've seen the receiver situation the past few years. Josh Ali did his best last year. Um, the passing offense never was able to get on track. But you could kind of rely on the tight end, especially in this new offense with Liam Cohen, if if the receivers don't pan out outside of Wandell, say maybe these guys that we're hoping step up, maybe they don't. Well, you could lean on those tight ends and still maybe get production in a different way. Liam Cohen used the tight ends a lot when he was with the Rams. So you had Keaton Upshaw, Justin Rigg, Brendan Bates, had a good core tight ends. So, well, maybe if the receivers aren't doing what I thought, we can still, you know, skin the cat another way, so to speak, with these tight ends. So now you suffer a blow uh, from that standpoint with the loss of Keaton Upshaw. I was on the Believe in Georgia podcast with Corey Burton and Israel Troop. Uh, they were previewing all the SEC teams, and they had me on there to preview Kentucky. And that's what the point I made. You know, if the receivers don't come along like Coach Cohen and all of us hope they do. You still got those tight ends. It's kind of a backup plan. You can fall back on them. And now um, you receive a blow in the loss of Keaton Upshaw. Um, the Dingle kid is a freshman out of Bowling Green. He's a tight end. He can come in and now uh, have maybe more of an opportunity to, to get on the field and do some things as well. So there's still some depth there, still some good talent there. But um, – the matchup problems that Upshaw would have presented um, are definitely going to be missed. So we hope he has a speedy recovery. Uh, some of the other news was the fact that Luke Fortner looks to be the starting center. You know, been a veteran piece on that O-line for a long time. And we can't be too quick to assume that that center position is just going to continue to roll along. Uh, merrily uh, we, we go back to John Toth and then uh, we also remember Drake Jackson who just left after four great years manning that position but if you remember before Drake got in there uh, it was some uh, stressful times you know, Bunchy Stallings was in there 
went on to have a good career, but the center spot wasn't for him. We had some airmail snaps. We had some bad snaps. Drake came in and kind of settled all of that down. So now that Drake Jackson has moved on, you can't just assume that the center spot is just going to be great. You hope Luke Fortner comes in and just, you know, doesn't miss a beat now that he's moved over to center. So hopefully that will be the case, but you can't assume. You got to got to kind of see it happen, see him show that he's able to do that, just like Drake did. Um, just like all these quarterbacks who have never taken a snap on the center. No doubt they're working on it, practicing it repeatedly over and over and over and over and over again. But until they get out there and do it in the game, you can't just assume they're going to be completely comfortable with it. So same thing with um, Luke Fortner moving in to fill Drake Jackson's spot. So let's see some other things from SEC media days. Kentucky, you know, we still talk about the respect thing. You know, a lot of times we would see Kentucky picked behind South Carolina. You could almost bet everything you own on that. Kentucky's beaten South Carolina multiple times in a row, but come media days, Gamecocks were always going to be ahead of Kentucky in the media predictions when it came to time to pick. Well, this year, finally, we didn't see that. Uh, We see the predictions that came out from the media, and Kentucky moved up to third in the picks for the SEC East. Um, They're picked third in the 2021 SEC preseason media poll. Um, Now, according to Corey Price, who all of us Kentucky fans know just finds all kinds of great nuggets, historical nuggets on Twitter. Uh, The research he does is phenomenal. Um, Kentucky being third in the SEC East uh, preseason media poll this year is the highest ranking in the SEC preseason media poll since the conference went to a division format in 1992. I had to talk more about the whole 1992 uh, conference realignment thing later on in the podcast because we know there's some big news regarding that as well. So Kentucky is picked third. uh, Highest pick prediction since the conference split up the East and West divisions in 1992, 29 years ago. That is crazy. Um, We had some media members kind of giving Kentucky some love. Uh, Cole Kubelik ranked Kentucky's offensive line first in the conference. He, of course, played offensive line for Auburn. You see him on SEC Network. Uh, you see him calling games on Saturday with Jordan Rodgers and Tom Hart. Um, this isn't the first time Kentucky has gotten love. Now, sometimes the respect from those outside of Kentucky seems slow in coming, especially nationally. Um, maybe because Kentucky didn't wow you. They weren't flashy, but they've been steadily improving under Stoops for several years. But it's still taking outsiders a little bit longer to see it. You know, we wish they would kind of see it and notice it sooner. But Cole Kubelik has, you know, given Kentucky love for the last several years. Chris Doring, who ripped our hearts out uh, back in 93 as a Florida wide receiver. 
He's been high on Kentucky for several years. Uh, Gene Chizik will, will give love from the defensive perspective and his analysis as well. So as they continue to put the pieces in place, the respect is coming. But you got to continue to stack you know, good years on top of good years on top of good years. Because historically, people still see Kentucky football, they're going to think what they've seen the majority of those years with Kentucky, you know, back in the day, finding ways to lose games, getting creative in how they would, you know, give up a win and, and snatch defeat out of the jaws of victory. So the respect is going to take a while to come, but they're they're continuing to turn the tide, you know, and that they keep it up as far as getting wins and going to bowl games and winning bowl games. They're just going to continue to gradually change those perceptions and that respect will uh, eventually continue to keep on coming. Now, if you flash back that respect standpoint, it is nice when things are going well. And you hear people talking good about Kentucky football. You think about Paul Feinbaum, Paul Feinbaum show. It's on from three to seven. Feel how you want to feel about Paul. You know, if it's boring, it puts you to sleep, some don't like it. You just turn on the show and you let the Alabama and Auburn callers yell at each other for four hours. Feel however you want to feel about that. But flash back to that 10-3 and three season Kentucky had. And they were being talked about every day with the Alabamas and the Georgias and the Floridas and the LSUs because they were doing it on the field. They had a historic season, best season in 40 years. And so it was fun to turn on SEC Network and all the shows. Kentucky football is getting mentioned with the big boys. So that is nice to see. It was fun to hear that. It's cool to hear Kentucky mentioned and, and see Kentucky pop up when they do the college football playoff poll. All that is cool. So if they can continue to do what they're doing, continue to handle business with the teams that they've passed, you know, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Tennessee, Missouri, stay ahead of those teams and keep on trying to climb after Florida and Georgia uh, and some of those other ones that are ahead of them, uh, that respect factor will continue to improve. And that's what you want to see, exactly what you want to see continue to happen. We know July started with the name, image, likeness. July the 1st, players were able to use their name, image, and likeness um, to be able to get compensated, to be able to kind of do endorsements, be able to team up with businesses in the local area, things of that nature. We talked about Tony Dilk, who, you know, we did a year's worth of episodes of this podcast together. He partnered up with Tyler Eulis and Chris Lofton. They formed the Virtus brand company to help these players navigate the waters uh, as far as NIL is concerned and some news on that front came in the form of Wandell Robinson the Kentucky wide receiver who transferred in from Nebraska he partnered up with Kentucky Branded and the Virtus brand and he's got uh, a t-shirt that he's coming out with it's got his image on it it's got his autograph on it got his name got his likeness and everything um got a website where you can go and purchase those shirts as well so 
Uh, and it's a nice looking shirt. So go get your Wondell Robinson shirt. Uh, we also saw a few days ago where Chris Oates, the uh, linebacker who was injured last year, had a physical situation, had a stroke, wasn't able to play. That opened the door for Jamin Davis to have the season that he had. And Chris Oates is continuing to rehab and, and trying to get himself back and trying to recover. And um, Chris Oates is selling shirts as well. A lot of that will go to his medical expenses. And that's something he wouldn't have been able to do if there hadn't have been name, image, and likeness. So go get you a shirt um, to help out with Chris Oates as well. And that can be done now. So it's Oates Strong 22. Uh, so it's a very good shirt it's, it's blue it's gray got it available in different colors so that's something that you can do as well for Chris Oak so just some of the changes that uh, have taken place with NIL now that it's been in effect since the first of this month um let's see oh yeah we got um the biggest news I guess is the fact that the SEC has potential company. We got Austin and Norman wanting to join the SEC. Who is Austin and who is Norman? Well, y'all know who we're talking about. We're talking about Austin, Texas and Norman, Oklahoma. University of Texas and the University of Oklahoma. Saying peace out to the Big 12 want to pop on over and become a member of the SEC and of course it's all about money it's all about television all about money talking when you boil it all down Oklahoma and Texas were the founding members of the Big 12 and now they're since I Nora to the Big 12 which will probably cause that conference to crumble and other schools will be trying to go somewhere else and take cover and get in where they fit in somewhere else. Texas A&M and Missouri have already been in the SEC for a while and of course they aren't wanting to see Texas come in, especially Texas A&M. They, you know, you heard their AD um, talking about we want to be the only team from Texas in the SEC. Uh, apparently, Texas A&M was allegedly, reportedly, the last team to know <laughs> that these meetings were taking place between Texas and Oklahoma and the SEC. Um, it getting leaked at SEC Media Days allegedly was Texas A&M's last-ditch attempt to derail Texas and Oklahoma from coming to the SEC. Um, but reports are that it's been in the works for quite a while. For several months, the train has gotten quite a ways down the track. So, looks like it's going to happen. And it's going to happen pretty quick. Looking like next year. It's not three or four years from now. They're going to you know, get this thing accelerated and bring these squads on in quickly. Now, I'm not as young as I used to be, but I'm not elderly that said talked about Kentucky getting picked third uh, in the SEC highest they've been picked since the conference split in the East and West in 1992 I'm not ancient but I'm old enough to remember 
1992 when the team split to East and West. Prior to that split, there were only 10 teams in the conference. Kentucky, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, Georgia, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, LSU, Alabama, Auburn, and Florida. 1992, Arkansas and South Carolina come in. I was like, whoa, going from 10 to 12, going to East and West divisions, man. Then you had the Kentucky-Arkansas basketball rivalry. Nolan Richardson comes in. His squad wins the national championship. Rick Pitino's got Kentucky. Tony Delp, Antoine Walker, uh, Walter McCarty, and those guys. Kentucky wins it in 96. So Kentucky-Arkansas basketball rivalry was at its height right after the Hogs came into the conference. So we have 12 teams for a while, and then expansion happens again. And just like we talked about, Texas A&M and Missouri, they've preceded Texas and Oklahoma into the SEC. And that's why, you know, they're fussing and kicking and screaming the fact that Texas and Oklahoma are now following them to the SEC. If they come on over, which it looks like they will, you know, the SEC, they're not going to turn the money down. They're going to bring those marquee names in uh, at the very least just to keep them from going to another conference. Okay, yeah, go ahead and get them, keep them from going to the Pac-12 or to the Big Ten or wherever else they would be courted if they don't join the SEC. But Texas and Oklahoma, Austin and Norman, particularly you, Austin, y'all can come, y'all can be welcome, we'll have you here. But there's just got to be some things that we talk about first. You guys got this, this network over there in the Big 12, this Big 12 network. That's, that's not going to fly over here. You're just going to have to split the revenue equally, the oodles and oodles of revenue that you get from the SEC equally with the rest of us. You know, you can't just be getting more money than everybody else over here. That's not going to work. And this whole horns down stuff that y'all whine about. And we're actually going to have it be a penalty this upcoming season. That's not going to fly either. Um, We got to let you know that. They asked Mark Stoops about it and he was, he basically said, bless his heart. He's a good man. But he wasn't worried about Scott Satterfield being ticked off because the cats went L's down. If that's your thing, then your opponents are going to do the opposite. They're going to clown whatever it is that you do. So, you know, Hook'em Horns is your thing. It's going to get clowned. It's going to get mocked. People make a play against Florida. They get up and gator chomp the crowd in the swamp. You don't hear Florida whining about, oh, they gator chomp. They did a gator chomp on us after they beat us. Or they Look, it's, it's part of it. It is what it is. So, Texas, you got to get used to that. No Longhorn Network. You can't have your own network. You can't be whining about horns down. You just got to, got to check all that at the door before you walk into the SEC. And... While we own the SEC, as far as all the the hate or people with the SEC fatigue, a lot of that is from 
the SEC when they won seven national championships in a row. Um, if a big, you know, if the Big Ten or Pac-12, ACC had won seven national championships in a row in football, the rest of the country would feel the same way about them as they do the SEC. But those other conferences didn't string together seven national championships in a row in football. So that's why that's where a lot of that comes from, in my opinion. You know, your Florida, Alabama, Auburn, LSU, all of winning titles. The conference just went on a run. If the Big Ten were to win four out of the next six national championships, they would be thumping their chest and Big Ten this, Big Ten that, just like the SEC is doing. So, in that sense, you just got to deal with it. The, the SEC is going to pump out, puff out their chest. You know, they did win seven in a row. Alabama's the defending champs now. That conference pride is going to be there. Now, you also see it come bowl season when the SEC team is about to win its respective bowl game. The crowd starts chanting SEC, SEC. Other conferences don't do that. It is an SEC thing. The conference pride is there pretty much throughout. You know, some fans just root for their school, but when it comes to postseason, you know, outside of, you know, Alabama's not going to root for Auburn, vice versa. Ole Miss won't root for, you know, Mississippi State, vice versa. Me as a Kentucky fan, I'm not going to root for Tennessee, but other than that, I'll root for the other 13, um, other 12 SEC schools. In the postseason, that's just the way the SEC does. It's just how they roll. So it might seem foreign to fans of other conferences, but that just kind of is the way it is and the way it's been for a long time. So, look, Austin and Norman will have to adjust to that, have to get used to that. We'll see what the pods are or how they divide up. Uh, the squads based on scheduling. How is it going to be four pods of four? That's kind of the way everybody's leaning. Uh, maybe that will uh, take place. But the Austin and Norman thing, as far as Texas and Oklahoma, reminded me of that story with uh, Bill Russell and Wilt Chamberlain. And of course, Wilt Chamberlain, the dominant center for the Lakers. Bill Russell played so many years for the Celtics, great defensive center, and they had their battles throughout the years when they played against each other, Celtics versus Lakers. But Bill Russell's name is William Felton Russell. Wilt Chamberlain was Wilton Norman Chamberlain. When Chamberlain passed away, Bill Russell told a story about how Wilt Chamberlain used to call him and would leave a message, and he would just use each of those middle names. He would call him and say, Felton, this is Norman. And that whole Felton-Norman thing, just it just came up to me in my mind when thinking about the Austin and Norman thing with Oklahoma and Texas. Um, we talked about Kentucky getting a little more respect as far as the predictions go, um, getting picked third by the media. Uh, Cole Kubelik talked about him ranking Kentucky's offensive line number one. He's got Kentucky second. And I'm drinking the Kool-Aid as far as second as well as far as my picks. And it's just, you know, the, the quarterback situation kind of hinges on Will Levis, Joey Gatewood, Bo Allen, 
whoever it shakes out to be. You keep hearing Levis, but uh, some are saying, you know, Gatewood did great in the spring. Probably be Levis or Gatewood, one or the other. We'll see what happens when the dust settles. Everybody's going to keep asking Mark Soups about it. They're still not going to be getting the answer. And we're just going to have to see what happens at the end of camp. But I'm going Georgia, Kentucky, Florida, Missouri, Tennessee, South Carolina, Vanderbilt in the East. And you can probably, in my opinion, flip flop Tennessee, South Carolina. You know, maybe South Carolina is fifth, Tennessee six, but I'm going Tennessee fifth, South Carolina six. Both of them got first-year coaches. Both of them got uh, a lot of rebuilding and reshaping and a lot of work to do to climb back up to respectability. But uh, I'm going to go Tennessee, South Carolina, Vanderbilt to round out the bottom three in the conference. So um, just my two cents on how that goes. Um. I also want to keep in mind, too, two cents as far as that goes. The sponsor of this podcast, La Terrain. Dave and Ben are continuing to make those great watches. As mentioned, Tony Delkin endorsed La Terrain before they began to sponsor us on here here on the Believe in Kentucky podcast. Go to LaTorrain.com, L-A-T-O-U-R-A-I-N-E.com. Check out the Legacy, the Navigator, the Compass, the Red Crest, the Voyager, um, the Silk Rose, any of those styles, any of those bands, whatever you want, get you the timepiece that you want to be on your wrist. Whether it's casual, whether it's dressy, they got you covered. Go to the website, look around. You can even click on the chat and ask questions and get help that way. Whatever you want to do, La Terrain has got you covered. Tell them you heard about them on the Believe in Kentucky podcast. So that will kind of put a bow on everything as far as uh, the podcast for this evening. Appreciate y'all taking the time to listen. Hope everybody has a great weekend. Be sure to check out the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Go straight to Believe.com if you want to go there. If you want to advertise your business or product on the website, go to Believe.com. Click on Advertise. And contact the network there. Let them know, hey, I want to advertise my business or product on Believe in Kentucky. Be happy to promote whatever your business or product is on upcoming episodes of Believe in Kentucky. So until next time, everybody have a good weekend. Enjoy it. Stay safe. Appreciate you listening. Download the episode to this podcast. Tell your friends about it. Believe in Kentucky. This is Vinny Hardy. It's been another episode of Believe in Kentucky presented by Bet Online. Everybody take care. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.